Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Bootleg Cat Podcast, man. Special guest in here. My guy, he's here. He's the hottest man on the internet. Am I? I mean. I'll take it. In more than one way. <laughs> Adam 22. Bootleg Kev, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. I can't complain, brother. It's, it's so crazy. So yesterday, we're in my studio, and I was like, oh, yeah, Adam 22's coming on tomorrow. I, I told uh, my, my producer, and there was like this random white dude in the studio. And he was like, oh, that's the guy, right, who like let the dude fuck his <laughs> wife. And I was like, yeah. And he asked. He was like, wait, you don't know who Adam 22 is? Like, Otherwise, he's like, no, who, like, what does he do? Yeah, it does feel like that. There's a lot of people who just found out about me from this, which is... It's, it's good for your business. Yeah, I can't complain. How has the metrics changed in terms of like, just just like on a basic level, like let's say just your IG? On Since all this happened with, with Lena, your wife. I think I might have gained like 50,000 followers on, on Instagram mm-hmm. and like 60 or 70 on Twitter. So just obviously that doesn't like matter that much, but it is kind of indicative of, oh, okay, there's a lot of new eyeballs on me. I'm curious too, because like I've seen, obviously I, I just saw, I think I just saw something on TikTok, Lena, on why you guys chose Jason Love. Okay. Um, how long was, you guys get married? Yeah. Beautiful wedding. Was Thank it in you. Italy? Yeah. I mean, it looked crazy. Thank you. And then you guys appeared to have gone on the most elaborate honeymoon slash family vacation ever. That is the most baller shit that we've ever done in It our was lives. like a month, right? It was so much money. The nicest hotels ever. I was like just surrounded by real deal rich people. And How I much felt did like you an, drop in the month? Oh, probably six figures. Six figures on the honeymoon. Yeah. Damn. Well, it looked like it for sure. It was fucking crazy. Um... And then you guys come back, and it feels like this kind of happens, not necessarily right away, but it feels like it almost happens 
rather quickly. We have been talking about it basically since the beginning of the year. Around mm-hmm. January, we did like a TikTok with Jason Love mm-hmm. while we were at the AVN I convention. remember seeing that, yeah. And it went crazy, just us joking around about the idea of her sleeping with another guy. So we already kind of had the idea in our head, and we had an idea of like, oh, this is going to be viral, like really viral, like this 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 might be just the thing we need to sort of switch things up and get re- get people really really excited about it but we definitely didn't know to what extent it was going to explode because she had a dollar amount in her head that she told me at one point and she has to date made like 50 50 times that the dollar amount meaning how much money she thinks she would make if she were to do that clip and yes okay. and then it's like that times 50. Whoa. Yeah. Like it was so much bigger than we ever would have dreamed. Well, this is what I was going to say. Cause like, I will say this dude, like it feels like you guys really plan this out in such a meticulous way. And I feel like you've done such a great job <laughs> of like mastering the virality of this moment. I feel like I get being a public persona a lot more than I ever did before. And I feel like I get going viral a lot more. I feel a lot, it's ironic. I feel like this gigantic man putting dick in my bitch really kind of like helped me to like rediscover my voice because I feel like so much less scared or intimidated or or worried about what I say on camera or whatever. Like after the insanity of all this, it just feels like, oh, like... Like You can say whatever the fuck you want at this point. Yeah, like, oh, Soldier Boy said something about me on live. All right, I'm going to go off on Soldier Boy. Like, oh, fucking Cowboy said some lame shit about me on podcast. I'm going to go off on Cowboy. Like, I'm just not worried. And it's like, even, even just like my Instagram comments, I was always kind of combing that shit and just like restricting people who would say rude shit or whatever and at a certain point during all this it just became like okay what's the point of even looking at this shit who cares yeah i used to like wake up and search my name on twitter yeah i've done that yeah that is not happening anymore you can't do it anymore it's over now it's over yeah it's pretty yeah it's crazy well i was gonna say like when you guys sat down and said okay we're gonna do this Mm -hmm. did you map out the promo did you map out okay, we're going to do this, this, and this leading up to it, and then afterwards, we're going to do this, this, and this. Like, how much of, like, some of the content we saw was, like, absolutely planned? Because a lot of it felt like, I was like, oh, you're, like, you were, you're really turning up and, like, leaning into a lot of this shit. Most of it wasn't, like, planned, planned, like, in advance. It was mostly just me and her kind of just talking about it and rolling with the punches and just seeing what happened. And, like, you know, know, like, I I had... uh, Okay, it was like there was one day where Jason Love did an interview a couple of weeks ago and basically was like kind of talking spicy, being a little bit disrespectful. This was not planned. This was just him kind of not knowing how to act or right. not knowing how to deal with the, the, the spotlight, you know? And I'm not going to lie, like when I first seen it, I had like a day where I was kind of thinking about it and I was annoyed. Mm-hmm. And then like as I was going to bed that night, I just pictured in my head me making a TikTok in which I threatened him and blacklisted him from, from my wife's vagina okay and i was just laying in bed by myself just laughing so hard thinking about the idea of me making this tiktok and then i woke up the next morning and i made the tiktok and it got like five million views and i and i don't know it's it's, it's kind of been that over and over and over where it's like oh like you have no reason to like get emotionally involved in this or whatever you can just fuck with people and troll people and the end result is that People don't really know what was real and what wasn't real because mm-hmm. there was like little parts of it yeah, that nobody like was, suspected, yeah, but there were like there was totally. A lot of trolling, like a lot of like 
you know, like you said, like like that video you're talking about, like when you're like, you're banned from L.A. How about that? <laughs> you're banned from my wife's vagina. Yeah, it was just like, okay, all right, well. Uh, but but it, but like you said, it's, it works. And like, I also want to like, because obviously, is there, has there has there been any real world complications? Because we, I mean, I, I don't believe, I mean, anything we see on the internet, I don't really look too much into because you've kind of mastered the internet, right? Right. Has there been an actual any like real world complications in terms of the attention? Like, has it made it harder for Lena to do certain stuff? How does her family feel about everything? Like, is I mean, our families are really cool about it in the sense that our families have never mentioned the porn thing to either of us ever, ever. Wait, 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 never, never. Like, like your whole time being together, it's never gotten brought up. I'll hear about some shit here and there. Like, I'll hear about oh, my mom said something to my sister about it and like asked her a question about like oh why is adam on the cover of this you know website or like why did why did the new york post post about adam buying a a lamborghini which is not not real Uh, you know a lot of even my close friends thought that they were like a few people have come over my house and been like where do you keep the lamborghini i'm like oh yeah that video well i wasn't gonna say that because you would hit me and you were like hey man you got some prop money because I was going to give her like 100 grand yeah, or 200 yeah. grand at the same time, but I couldn't find any prop money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, our, our families just don't mention it. They're just kind of too polite. It's kind of like the elephant in the room a little. Like when you go over to the Armenian get togethers, it doesn't get brought up at all. No. Wow. Which is crazy, right? Like they just are too polite, which thank God, because I don't want to fucking talk about that shit with them. And oh, I'm, that's I'm just going to one word answer the fuck out of them if they did try to bring it up to me or whatever. I'm just going to laugh and roll with it. But yeah. So there really hasn't been anything too like like. I mean, obviously, you guys, I mean, you've always been kind of famous, like, in the last seven years, eight years, right? It's been, what, 2015, 16 is when you really started? uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, I started No Jumper in 2015, and even before that, I had, like, 10 years of being this very prominent BMX BMX personality, which kind of, like, allowed me to get used to... But it's safe to say, like, six straight years, you've been kind of, like, a thing on the, you know, where, like, my kid knows who you are, you know, like... Mm, I'll take it. But I would say now, it's different, Right. Definitely feels like we hit like a different level of that. And even today, we announced that we're doing this thing that's like a, a YouTube slash OnlyFans live stream where basically we're going to do a big 10-person podcast with a bunch of porn stars. And then in the other room, we have an OnlyFans live stream going at the same time. So it's basically going to be like an orgy with a big group of people. And they're just swapping Kind of going back and forth, in and out. And like the comments... Like, like it, it just feels like there's so much more attention on everything that we do porn-wise now, but at the same time, we also just have this massive wave of hate with everything we do, too. But, like, on Twitter or TikTok, getting comments and getting hate is, like, one of the biggest things that makes your shit viral get promoted. So, like, I have random uh, Kendama clips on my TikTok now that have, like, three million views just because, like, a couple thousand everything people else. stopped in to say, like, ha-ha, you're a cuck or, you know, you're a piece of shit or you're, you're, you're a terrible parent or whatever. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, well, if, I, if if all I have to deal with is this, and you guys are going to make everything I do go viral, okay. There are certain things that are like, can you explain to me some of the unwritten rules or code of the porn game? Because you had shared some information that we won't talk about off camera the last time I saw you. Uh-huh. Some details about your video, or Lena's video, rather, with Jason Love that we won't talk about. But there right. is a code, right? Like, and, and I think you said that Jason Love maybe broke the code a little. I mean, nobody has ever explicitly told me that there's a code, but I definitely feel like there's an expectation that you keep it a little bit gangster in terms of the whole porn thing, because if you're on set, 
you're going to see a lot of weird shit. You know, you're going to see dudes having to jerk their dick off for 45 minutes to get hard. You're going to mm-hmm. see guys having to pop Viagra to get hard. You're going to see, you know, girls who have, they're on their periods, so they have to go and, like, shove some fucking sponge thing in there and to clean out whatever kind of stuff might be in there. There's all kinds of shit. And, like, I realized this because, I like, the one time I did a, a anal threesome with Riley Reed and my girl back in the day mm-hmm. in our backyard, which is kind of hard to imagine now. We probably wouldn't do that these days since we have, like, a family and everything. But, you know, there was some, some leakage, some shit flying, you know? It's happened. And, you know, I had a turd on my knee at one point and stuff. And then I went on the podcast that week and I just talked about it. And my girl had to tell me, like, yo, like, I don't think girls are going to necessarily want to do anal threesomes with us if you're just going to be airing out the grossest things that happened. And I was like, that is a really good point. And so anything, like, messy that happens on set, I feel like it's kind of our responsibility to not talk about it. If a dude can't get hard, it's like, we're not going to clown him. We're just going to kind of ignore it. To me, also, probably within the porn guy's code should be, like, you don't like you know especially if a fucking well-known dude like me is going to let you fuck their wife on camera for porn content you should probably not be critical of him in any way or you should probably be respectful yeah you know don't do this weird like dick comparison thing or whatever even though obviously yeah you have a huge hog but it's like you just don't need to say that and I, i feel like now if we shoot with any more guys that will be very much a conversation is like okay this is the this is the way that we can talk about this and this is what we can and we need this you know to stay on the same page in terms of all this but i feel like he 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 got a lot of hate for maybe not beating it up right and that I, I guess he probably had never dealt with that before so he was probably trying to compensate for that by clarifying and like on your end you're probably like thank you <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thanks for not like, yeah, you've right? seen like some of these fucking scenes this guy's in. He's fucking, you know. And I thought about that after like, oh, wow. Like I kind of got off easy there because, you know, I didn't really think about what kind of sex they were going to be having beforehand. And the the scene that they did was very much like very, you know, a, 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 an easy entry point for me in the sense that it was not yeah. some Brian Gosling hot shot, hot shot hookups or whatever the fuck that, is. Some, that is. Yeah. It's just like the most aggressive type of porn, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I guess he, he did kind of do me a favor in that regard. Shout out to, uh, <laughs> is he going to come on the podcast? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. I heard he like flew to Toronto to do six buzz. So who knows what they're going to ask him. Probably oh, he's just, he's just, he's, he's, he's probably, this probably raised his profile to like a, I mean, he was already a pretty popular guy, I'm sure. Yeah. But the weird thing in porn is like, you could be really popular in porn and then you're still kind of like a regular person to most people. Right. Especially know? if you're a dude. Yeah, oh, especially if you're a dude. And, and even, like, you know, sometimes I think about that. Like, I can't get a little Baby interview. I can't get a Cardi interview or Uzi Vert interview. But it's no problem for me to get a Savannah Bond piece of content or Angela White or all these, like, super huge girls are much more approachable and, like, you know, humble than the top rappers, you know? What... um What is the, like, expectation now moving forward? Is this... is Are you guys going to make her doing the dude seeing a regular thing we're definitely going to do more of it but i would say like the frequency is probably the thing that's kind of up for debate that we're still kind of figuring out and like you know there's some stuff that i really don't mind at all like like i probably would have been real nervous about it before but like me fucking her with another guy i don't really like feel any type of way about that anymore like that's no problem like i'll definitely do that would you do the would you do the dp yeah i feel like that's on the bucket list 
But then that's like a dick on dick. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to fuck a dude, Kev. I don't, but... I don't, listen, I don't want you to fuck a dude. <laughs> but if you're going to do the DP, there's no way that yeah, your yeah, guys' yeah. dicks don't touch or balls slap or just, yeah, it, yeah. you're crossing swords. You're rubbing I feel like swords. I got to do it one time before I die. Okay. And you, you might, know? I mean, you got to do, I mean, obviously you're married, so it's got to I mean, be with my, your wife. My leg bumps another dude's leg. It's like, whatever. We all been in the gym locker room before or whatever. But also, like, I don't know, like, it's got to be a homie, I think. It's got to be somebody I'm, like, real cool with. Would you ever, do anything with a trans porn star? No. Nah. Even if it was like fucking your wife with a trans porn star? I don't feel like I want to turn it, our sex life into a culture war thing. You know, I'll probably just... <laughs> I'm not trying to like prove my wokeness or anything. And I, and I fuck with a lot of trans uh, women and stuff. Like, have had a lot of them on the podcast. I had Emma Rose on the podcast. I think and, I saw a little bit of the... Uh, you guys did like a... Um, a panel, right? It was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to meet a lot of really cool trans people in that situation and everything. But my whole thing is like, I'm not really trying to do anything on camera for money that I wouldn't want do in to real do life. in my private life as well. Right. Yeah, so like, I don't... You know, and even like, I'll, I'll... Like, I'm not personally really like mega attracted to a BBW that's like 400 pounds. Right. W- would I maybe do it on camera? Like, maybe, yeah. Like, that doesn't... Would you pop, so bad. Would you pop a blue chew? I might have to pop something. I don't know. Yeah. My pop an energy drink. My pop a C4. Let's not give them any free fucking publicity here, all right? <laughs> That's why I have their logo turned away from them. This guy's over here got the Celsius on the floor. <laughs> Man. We're over here drinking fucking energy drinks like a couple of real white guys. Like a couple of real Arizona <laughs> and New Hampshire white boys, right? <laughs> oh, shit. Now, I, you, you know, the one thing I would say is like, I, I've, you know, I have for whatever reason. I think people think we're like a lot. Like we're cool. Like I think we're, me and you are cool. I think we're friends. You know, like. Yeah, yeah. But I, I have so many people in my life that came to me like I'm like your representative, <laughs> and they're like, "Yo, son, what's up with your boy?" Mm. And I'm like, at the end of the day, this guy is a professional porn star who's fucked however many hundreds of women since he's been in his relationship. Mm-hmm. To me, it's not that big of a deal right. that she gets one. Yeah, I mean, it is weird because it's like, yeah, I have fucked all these chicks with her and nobody really like ever made a big deal about it. Like, you know, and it's then, a double standard thing. And it's also yeah. kind of because we're like, we're in hip hop culture. And it, I think that's where it kind of like, People are like, yo, like, bro, like, you know. Yeah, and I expected, like, hip-hop to have strong opinions about it, but I didn't really expect there to be, like, 20 Barstool articles and, you know, to have, like... Andrew Tate. Logan Paul, all these people, like, discussing it in depth on their podcast and shit, you know? I didn't expect to have everyone in the whole world having conversations about it, which that surprised me. There was, uh, I want to say... I saw an old interview clip. It might have been when you were on Flagrant, mm. where you had pretty much. I could be. Uh, you, no, you're right. Yeah, I shut the you, door on it. You on pretty the much shut thing, the door yeah. hard on. Uh, like what changed? Which is weird because maybe a year before that, I remember I went on Academics' podcast and he asked if I would ever do a threesome with another dude and my girl, and I basically like left the door open for it and was just kind of like, you know, yeah, I would be open to it. Like I would be interested in it. I didn't say that I was going to do it, but I said. I'd be open to the idea. And I remember 
even at that time, just me suggesting that I would maybe be down for it was so viral and such a big thing. And academics freaked out and could not believe that I was acknowledging it. And even on Vlad, there was a clip I saw, like, because I, I talk on interviews so much that I forget what I say. And But on Vlad, I said the same thing. I said, like, I would consider it, you know? And so... Yeah, like the the clip that went viral though was me saying that I definitely wouldn't do it, which is pretty funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, what changed is basically just me getting a little bit more open minded as time went by, and like you know, me and her had talked about like swinging off camera and like hooking up with like a different couple together or something like that. Take a Friday night, go out on the town, get a hotel room, something like that maybe. But then we were like, well, if we're ever going to do that, like we probably should film it. And if we're going to... We should make some money on it. Yeah, you should probably like make your first scene with another guy like a big blowout thing. Pause. The swinging world is crazy. My cousin and his ex-wife were swingers when I was growing up. Okay. And I'd be at his house... And the shit would just be going down, bro. I'd really? be like 14, 15 with all my homies from school, and we'd be watching his wife fucking chop down on another chick. You'd be watching it? Oh, yeah, yeah. 14? He'd literally, my cousin literally would be like, hey, you guys go outside and just, I'll leave the door, I'll leave the window cracked. Wow. Shout out to James. James That's Settle. crazy. I feel like you have a duty if you're living that lifestyle to not have uh, 14 year olds around. Observing. Well, it was, yeah, yeah. My cousin James was like, I think he was like 21 at the time. So it was, we were, kind of, we were like more friends than like he was like my OG. But they were, they were, they'd go to these like uh, retreats and they would go to these resorts and like, yeah. It's like a thing, bro. Like, I mean, Kazumi sent me a link to a book about polyamorous relationships that because I've never read about it or researched it or even really thought about it. Because me and my girl are not poly in that sense. Like, we just do porn with other people. We've never you do it for content. Yeah, and even like you know, we haven't hooked up with another girl off camera in probably like three, four years at this point. So it's definitely like not something I'm super familiar with. We've just been doing it for content, but. You know, even like my girl yesterday, like we were on the Jason Lee podcast and she just kind of said like, yeah, you know, if you were on a trip and you ended up fucking some girl, as long as you told me like, or, or as long as you were safe about it, I don't think I would really care that much. I'm like, wow, like you're, you're, you're progressive. Your mind is changing a bit. Cause I remember when me and her first got in the relationship, she made it very clear. Like you're on tour, you're on the, like if you're these, on the road, yeah, yeah, don't but, fuck around. But, but yeah, she was like, I'm not really fucking with that anymore. Like I could get away with it for the first year or two of our relationship. But then at some point she's like, I'm not fucking with that. I'm going to leave you if you, just fuck some it's random cheating right yeah like it's actual cheating you know but like I, apparently she's kind of softened up on that a bit although i don't really trust these hoes enough to even do that i don't want to be in a hotel room alone with a girl yeah you know you'd be on fucking Man. reddit with your ass out i don't trust these bitches at all not even that they're just gonna lie they're gonna say that i did something you know oh yeah especially with you bro yeah exactly. yeah th- yeah, yeah, yeah no nah. i like doing content with her because then i have a guardian who's actually like observing it and nobody's able to ever, to ever and that's why even if i was going to shoot porn with just me and another girl i would definitely have like a real filmer so at least i could have you have a in. witness yeah um you mentioned earlier that like there was a certain point in time where you said uzi cardi you're not getting these interviews i remember well, that really nobody is but well you're right right yeah um that's that's a fair point like big boy will probably get cardi b um oh i meant playboy cardi but yeah oh cardi well yeah you never did Playboy Cardi ever? He came to the studio and stuff uh, when we were still downtown. And like I remember I even had a conversation with him at a concert and or a show rather in like 2015, 2016, where I was like, bro, let's do this interview. And I remember he was like, 
I ain't trying to do no long shit. I'll do a 20 minute joint or something. I did like a 20 minute interview with him at the radio station oh, and really? it was horrible. It was horrible. It's on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. It was like talking to like a piece of drywall or something. Right. If you watch that big boy interview he did, it was fucking the worst thing ever. But yeah, I mean, like, it's always weird with shit like that where it's like, fuck, if I had just tried a little bit harder, I could have a Playboy Cardi interview from 2016. That's fucking crazy. But I probably have like fucking 30 million views or something. I probably crazy. did like, you know, a million other interviews that were easier to get instead of working on that one that was like impossible. Well, I was going to say, like, obviously you have a huge platform. You still have a very important platform. But there was an era in which your platform was literally, you had a fucking record deal. Your platform was like a career maker. For yeah. up and coming artists, because in like 2016, there were so few options for an artist. Like the perfect example of it is Six Nine. Like I met Six Nine in 2017 or some shit, and then he proceeded to harass the fuck out of me for like six months or eight months or some shit, trying to get an interview. And then finally, he did the song with Trippy, which I felt was like, oh, okay, he's actually becoming a real thing. So I did the interview with him, but. If yeah, you, that was his first like song that really like actually did holes. anything. Yeah, Great I remember. Song. That. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but but I remember I showed that to Hellrell, and he wasn't feeling it <laughs> at the time. But uh, you know, six nine had to go to somebody like me to try to get an interview. Whereas like even right now in New York, I can think of like eight different platforms that he could go fuck with if you're right, an on the radar or yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It's like there's so many different people that you could fuck with. Whereas now, like if I I. I I get a lot of hate for like, oh, you changed your shit up and didn't just keep doing underground artist interviews. What I think people don't realize is that No Jumper as a business would never have lasted in the long run if I just kept doing only underground rapper interviews. Like building out casts and hosts and expanding into doing interviews with comedians and YouTubers and porn stars and whoever. Like I needed to do all that shit in order to like keep the boat afloat you know because the the media space just became so flooded so fast and even especially now where everybody wants to get paid for interviews and shit i mean like like in terms of like really ambitious ones no for sure you know? i'm I mean, not sure how often man run... kevo tried to crack me for like 10 grand and i laughed i literally <laughs> said lol i'll pass <laughs> so what that is amazing yeah, no, I get hit with that all the time where people want five or ten grand who are like have no business asking for money, and I'm just like, wow, the game is fucked. But I was gonna say like, because like you said, like you did. You, I mean, obviously, everyone should evolve, and yeah. the business model for you has evolved. Um, but I remember like even talking to like you know, go back to that 2017, 2018 era of No Jumper. I remember talking to Sasha, who I think you would were talking to at a right, certain point yeah, in time, maybe doing a No Jumper festival. Yeah. Um, you had the single. You were. You were so dived in on the music. Do you remember, was there like a point in time or a moment that you can kind of point to where you were like, I got to be more than this if this is going to really last? I guess I've just always been like doing everything I could possibly do to try to keep the brand going and keep the brand afloat and keep content going and just figuring out how I could make content on a regular basis that would do well with the audience and stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely me getting canceled in 2018 was probably the biggest factor in terms of like, oh, now you have some percentage of artists that are not going to want to fuck with you because they're on some woke because shit. Because they have this perception of whatever happened. Because that's when you lost your deal with Atlantic, right? Exactly. And they, and even like, you know, the the it might not be them but like oh they got a manager and this manager is trying to scare them out of working with us because of the fact that um i've got my own bullshit or whatever so i think that was definitely one moment where it became like oh you're gonna have to really figure this shit out because maybe your initial game plan is not 
is like a little simple. It's not going to work out necessarily if you just stay focused on just talking to these underground rappers, you know. And I always just, I always was ambitious in the sense of just wanting to talk to everybody. And sometimes I do go back in time and think like, well, what if I had just interviewed the cool up and coming rappers and I had just kept my shit super selective? I think the brand, in terms of its coolness, might have persevered like it, it would have seemed cooler like more of a exclusive. of an honor more exclusive but at the same time like i just felt like all of these competitors springing up all around us and it was like i just am not going to be able to just do this underground rapper thing forever because even back in 2018 i could feel that it was slowing down pretty dramatically in the in the sense of like 2015 2016 2017 there was a new underground rapper every fucking day it was also like an era of soundcloud and underground music that was like not being represented i guess yeah as to where and and and, and like the ig blogs hadn't really taken all the way over yeah yeah i mean now it's just there's just so much shit that it's, it's tough to stand out. And like a lot of the best content that I do now is just bringing interesting personalities together, whether it's like the consistent personalities on the channel or, you know, like yesterday I had a destiny, the Twitch streamer with dude and, and whack 100. Like and who would have thought them two would ever sit down. So I was saying table. like, I was so happy. I was just geeked up off that. Just like, I cannot believe that I just brought these two motherfuckers together. And, you know, I, I'm always just kind of trying to, think of stuff that'll be interesting for people like that because you just don't have a new trippy red or a, a new little uzi or a new x to talk to every week you might get a couple of those a year but it just doesn't you know they just don't happen that often yeah it's crazy because if you think of like uh i, I think of somebody like your early relationships with guys like x with juice world you know when, when juice world was alive obviously um legend has there, has there been any of those relationships that you carried into 2022 or 2023 where you're like, maybe this person switched up a little? Like, I can't get this person on my platform even though I was there with them at the studio or going oh, to their, you know. I mean, all the time, yeah. Like, I hear Vlad talk about that all the time, how he was the first person to Amigos interview. Yeah, but I feel like it's different, though. I feel like it's different, though, because I feel like you actually, like, were were with these guys like i remember seeing your vlogs or you'd be at shows like you actually were like hanging out doing drugs with guys and but shit. Like, like all the dudes early on that i had these strong relationships with are dead pretty much i was gonna say they most of them passed away yeah and even by the time you get to like 2018 and 2019 i think of like oh i did a jack harlow interview when he wasn't really on and that I, I assume has a lot of views and it's like pretty sick that i got a jack harlow interview early on but it's also like I hung out with Jack Harlow for five minutes before we did the interview, and then we did the interview, and right. then I hung out with him for five minutes afterwards, and then I never saw him again after that. Right. I just I don't build these crazy strong friendships with the artists in the way that I used to, which sometimes I look at people like you, who I feel like you do really good with the relationship side of things because you're in the clubs and you're booking these dudes, and you yeah. and with the radio, and the radio shit, shit yeah. is a really good way to like maintain these relationships and stuff. And a lot of the people that I look at that I kind of have regrets, it's like. You know, how did I get a Suicide Boys interview with millions and millions of views, and then I never went out of my way to hang out with them ever again after that, even though I, I got this crazy piece of content super early in their career. And it's really because I was just focused on the next thing. And, like, you know, sometimes I regret that I didn't do more to, like, nurture relationships, but also it just feels like there's so many 
potential relationships because of the fact that I just interview so many fucking people and I'm so busy that, you know, that's one thing I miss about the store is that I would just have a lot more like casual interactions with people and it was just kind of happening all around me. Whereas now it's like I really kind of rely on my publicist or DMing people to to get content going. You yeah, because you're, you're also not like going out like you used to. At all, I haven't been out. In like I used to years. see, I used to see you and your girl at shit all the time. Concerts, yeah. fucking festivals, whatever. I'd be, like, oh, what's up, guys? Like Saturday, I have a premiere for my BMX brand. We have a BMX DVD coming out, and I know I'm gonna have to be out of the house until like at least eleven. And I'm trying to like steal myself in preparation for that because being out of the house until eleven just sounds kind of fucking crazy to me at this point in my life. I just. Yeah, but then at the same time, I'm talking to Jason Lee yesterday, and I'm realizing this motherfucker has great relationships because he's still in the club, and he's he's still out here. He's into his 40s, but he's still like finessing those relationships on a nightly basis, which is something that I have completely neglected, and I should really probably do more of it. I've just come to the point in my life where any relationships I already have, I, I try to water them you know, like mm. plants, and I'm not interested in going out anymore so if i don't if, if 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 unless it's somebody who i really fuck with you know or like someone who like i'm a fan of you know like i don't care if it's an album release party i don't care i'm, I'm tired 2016 bro. like there was an album release party last night that i, I would have went to if i'd have known but i got hit up last minute like bia bia's a homegirl like she's cool right i fuck with bia but i was already at the crib yeah. my wife just cooked i'm like i already planned a bike ride <laughs> Exactly, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, damn. And like, especially with the kid thing, because it's like, my kid's waking me up I at 6 in the kids, morning. Yeah. yeah. My kid is waking me up at 6 in the morning, and it doesn't matter if I go to bed at 4 in the morning or... It doesn't a, matter. You're getting up at 6. You're getting up. And it's like, and especially like, I have a wife. She she will take on all of that responsibility of taking care of the kids and everything, but I don't feel like that's fair for me to just put everything on her and be like, nah, I'm sleeping a couple hours later just so that I can like, you know, recover from the fact that I had a, a fun night last night. Cause like 2016, if it was a Friday night, there, this was the era of like underground warehouse shows in LA and mm-hmm. stuff. And there would be like some random fucking soldier boy show in a warehouse and like the ham on everything era. And I would go and I would see people I knew and I would stand around and smoke weed and drink and probably snort Coke and do whatever and just meet people and just like do this little like friend collecting thing that you're doing at a certain point yeah. in your life of just meeting. No, I used to see you everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I respect that, and there's a certain point in your career where you have to do that, but also, like, as soon as I had a kid, it was just like, what, what the fuck am I doing? What were your thoughts on uh, on the whole entire Drake-Elliot-Wilson thing and people saying that Elliot is above doing run-and-gun interviews at Rolling Loud? You know, I wrestled with that, too, because for a long time, I would go to Rolling Loud, and I would be doing the thing of standing around and waiting to get interviews and just trying to, you know, finesse. Just get content. Yeah, and, like, you know, if you if you get a five-minute conversation with Gunner, you just made your whole trip. You know, like, I went to... You did a Young Thug one at one of those. Yeah, and that was the best one that I ever did, and then that's that kind of killed it for me after that, because that was 2019, and I go to Wireless Festival in London, and I get, like, a 20-minute Young Thug interview. I get, like, a really dope Juice World vlog. I get Denzel Curry. This is all, like, in the same day that we just made, like, a bunch of fire pieces of content. Crazy. Crazy, Crazy day. Crazy day. And it was all because... 
it's in England, so they're not like super. They're not getting pulled in every direction by their homies. There's not a lot of media, and it's not super formal in the sense that like even Young Thug has a little ass like you know like the big as big as like this table and like the area surrounding it. Right. He's just chilling. Like he doesn't have a lot. And and him, him there as opposed to him doing Rolling Loud in L.A. is a lot different in terms of the backstage environment. Who's around him? He's got friends. He's got you know. I remember I went to some random festival in Santa Ana like right after that London one. Was it the day and night one? Yeah, and it was just infinitely less likely that I was going to get any good content at that, you know? And, like, for somebody like Elliot, it's like, you probably remember 2002, he was, like, the god of hip-hop media because he was the editor of XXL, and he basically destroyed the source, and he was clicked up with G-Unit and Eminem and all this shit, and I still, to this day, look at Elliot as, like, just a massive inspiration in terms sure. of showing me how it could be done. But I Googled it the other day. I think he's like 52 or some shit. So it is a question of like, does there come a time where you're a little bit too old or a little bit too established to be doing the run and gun interviews backstage at Rolling Loud? I mean, I I hope when I'm 52 that I wouldn't even consider it, to be totally honest. I'm, I'm 39 now. I could still see myself doing it, but I also don't at all. So I don't know. I mean, like, in a perfect world, yeah, Elliot Wilson would be like Jay-Z, like where he's just able to like be this content god and not have to be in the trenches with the people. But at the same time, like you want to be in the trenches with the people, right? Like there there is an extent to which that's what's gonna keep you young and keep you in people's minds. But I don't really see myself doing that at fifty two, but also I don't I don't judge Elliot for it. I feel like he's still just kind of Yeah, that's my out thing. Works, I, I think know? I think it's like it's like an unfair judgment because I'm sure he got paid. Because he was doing official Rolling Loud shit. Oh, it was for Rolling Loud? It was for Rolling Loud. So he he definitely got a bag for it. Yeah. And... At the end of the day, like everybody's trying to reinvent themselves. Like Elliot is, he's kind of got a. I've noticed he started interviewing like a guy like Key Glock, which I'm not sure. Like you know, four years ago he would be interviewing Key Glock. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Elliot's interviews over they're, the last. They're, few they're years. really good. Like but the Rap the, Radar the podcast one, is amazing. Really? Okay, so I, I watched really the Drake good. one a few years ago. I'm not sure I've seen any since then. But like the Drake one was uh, incredible, flawless. For like sure. you actually asked him every single thing that I could imagine. You asking? They're him. very thorough. Yeah, that was amazing to me. I, I but I haven't really been super tuned in. Yeah. Yeah. For you, are do you even like care to discover new music anymore? Like, are you still like ear to the street type guy, or if it comes across your peripherals and you like it, you'll check it's it? It's weird because it's like the stuff that I like, which is like the street music, the drill music, right. the crazy shit. That stuff, yeah, I'm constantly finding out about new shit because I have a lot of people in my life that'll be like. Check out 051 Kiddo, check out Tay Savage, check out all this Chicago shit, or like listen to this new Bronx drill rapper or whatever. So that stuff, it's super easy for me to stay on top of. You know, you're talking about Bia. I know she's popular. I don't think I've ever heard her. I'm never right. gonna like go listen to an R&B artist or like a girl rapper or whatever. Realistically, like it's just yeah, you don't like R&B. No, 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 no. But you just got excited. Genuine followed you. Well, that's genuine. So you listen to Genuine growing up? Or, or are you more like, hey, Genuine's the guy who fell off stage? Well, Genuine, <laughs> like, that, that, that comes from the era of me going home from, from school and watching TRL and, like, just... And Genuine was on TV. Whatever they're playing, right. you're watching it. Like, I, I, there's a lot of Backstreet Boys songs that I know every word to, unfortunately, that, like, I'm just never going to... I'm never going to see a bunch of, you know, uh, who's was it, uh, the K-pop group? Oh, BTS. Uh, I, I, I don't know, know any I don't BTS know a single songs. BTS. I love R&B. I'm R&B head, so I love R&B. But yeah. BTS, I, I couldn't tell you. I keep thinking about because, like, the last couple of days, I've just been listening to like all of Dirk's albums, 
and every single album, it's like I could kind of cut it in half and take all the soft shit. I was going to say, do you, um, are you a big Dirk fan? I am a big Dirk fan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But if he's rapping about eyelashes and fucking, you know, you want to hear that eating pussy, whatever. No, I want to hear kill your ops. Like, that's what I'm trying to hear. And, And I'm not proud of that. It's just like, I, like the aggressive songs have are always the songs that I like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You had a pretty uh, dope Dirk interview. What was that like? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Which yeah. I didn't like. I knew it was a good interview to get, but it definitely didn't feel like he was going to be well, I as think, big as he is now. Well, yeah. I think know? Dirk had like. I think Dirk's got one of those careers that's like very unique because he he was on Def Jam forever. He was and like he's evolved into something that I'm not sure I would have get like you said in 2018. You if somebody would have told you he's like one of the biggest rappers in the world, you'd been like, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I I didn't (laughs) see it happening. But that happens all the time. That there's like artists that I'll interview and I think they're just super whatever, or I think they're they're good, but like oh yeah, he's got like a little seed of potential. But if I was a betting man and you were like, I I would want 101 odds if I was going to bet 100 bucks on him, you know, which is, but. Sometimes dudes just really go for it and really work their ass off, or or their their sound. It just takes people a while to catch up to their sound, you know. Do you reg- you know? Because I remember very vividly, you were waving the little pump flag harder than any rapper I think I've ever seen you wave a flag for at a certain point in time. I think I remember when you first went on the Breakfast Club. You had I didn't some- go on the Breakfast Club. You didn't? No. Ever? No. Well, there was an interview. Was it just you and Charlemagne? I interviewed him at one point, yeah. And I went on the Brilliant Idiots one time. It was Brilliant Idiots. It was Brilliant Idiots. Okay, yeah. So when you went on Brilliant Idiots, I think I remember you kind of shitting on Rick Ross a little. Uh, I think they asked me what I thought of the new Rick Ross album. And and you were like, I don't fucking care. I'm I'm listening to Lil Pump or some shit. Yeah, I mean, that's just real. Like, there's just artists who I like. And then at a certain point, once they're on like album number eight, I'm just not. Well, I was going to say, there was like, you were kind of like, partially the face of like that soundcloud era and yeah. you were also very anti uh a lot of the other shit i think i got a lot of the the a lot of that reputation for being like anti-traditional hip-hop just because of the fact that i was like the adult in the room when Lil pump and smoke prep were chanting fuck j cole even though i don't think i ever i don't think i ever said fuck j cole you know like i i was not invested in it like that and i've, I've always been able to appreciate you know more traditional hip-hop and everything but yeah i mean that was just i was around the soundcloud wave like before them i was around all these like sesh hollow water boys dudes and like right. uh, all the gbc shit and then i you know i met i met Lil pump at a show in florida that like ski mask played and like a, a few other people and yeah we just hit it up hit it off on some cool shit we went on that tour together and then i you know i went to a few of his shows after that and stuff but yeah, I mean, sometimes when I think back on that, I'm like, you were a grown-ass man just really hanging out with, like, a 16-year-old I was going to say, just- <laughs> you, 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 in, in, like, fast forward, you have gotten a lot of recent criticism for maybe that tour and, like, maybe some of the stuff that went down on the tour with Pump. Do you regret any of that tour? Or do you think any of that criticism, criticism is fair? I mean, we were just hanging out doing Zans and, like, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. That Listen, in retrospect, a grown man doing Zans with a child is kind of crazy. Yeah, but that was just, like, my little homie at the time. Like, I didn't right. even, I, I never thought of it like that. 
because I for thought, sure I'm a, I've been a BMX dude my whole life, and I've been getting you know smoking weed and drinking and hanging out at the skate park and yeah. all this shit, and I never had any like level of scrutiny of what I was doing, so it never really occurred to me. And it's not like I was like getting drugs for them. It's like right. no, like they had drugs, and like sometimes pump or, or smoke perp would like hand me a Xanax and or, or pour me some lean, and I'm like okay, sure, yeah, you know. What would be your uh, thoughts on why you think? those two guys did not live up to their potential and I guess quote unquote fell off. Cause I mean, it looked like smoke perp was with Travis and mm. pump was the biggest guy on the fucking planet, you know, for, I mean, for a cup of coffee. Part of me, you know, I, I got no ill will towards either of them. I, I still think that they both potentially, you know, have it in them, but I feel like everyone's one hit away. That's what I'm saying. Like, and at a certain point, the low pump thing was just so big that it's like they, the people couldn't help, but, turn against him at a certain point once like they loved the meme they loved the idea of him they loved the the hilarity of 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 pump and then at a certain point they just turned away from him because maybe the music didn't evolve or keep changing or whatever and uh i don't know i mean you see it happen to people all the time. Like it happened to the baby. They're doing it to little baby right now. But guess what? The baby caught a record and it's kind of back a little. I I, I don't doubt for a minute that the baby got a record got called more, Shake something right now. Yeah, because he's yeah. a smart older guy who really like has studied the music game for right. a long time, and that's why I don't count Little Pump or Perp out because I feel like they, all they need to do is just like come up with a sound, make a project that encompasses that sound, and all of a sudden those same people that are hating on him will be like. Those so, those same people that are always trying to catch a wave or like figure out something new or different to be into will be like, actually, this little pump album's really good, and then that'll be the meme. And I, I, I mean, still, they just did it with Little Yachty when he put out the fucking Tame Impala type album. Exactly. <laughs> and, or but like, bro, you see the way that they're trying to take Little Baby down right now. Yeah. Because he put out a record, they hate the record, they hated his last album, whatever, and so and now, then the tour dates are getting canceled, and now they're looking for any little thing that they can use to put together the narrative that Little Baby is a loser, even though Little Baby like probably literally has like you know fifty million dollars or a hundred million dollars or some shit. Like he's living a great life. If anything, like I, I saw Ack posted a clip of like Baby making that song in the studio, and there's all these homies in the in the studio, and they're all nodding their head and like acting like they're really into it. And then that song comes out, and Twitter just immediately declares it the worst song ever. And, but that's what it's like to be a superstar: is that nobody wants to tell you yeah. that your shit sucks, and you just are running around the world picking up you know fifty thousand dollars for a show, hundred thousand dollars for a show, and then all of a sudden you put out a song and you just get this reality check that like oh there's a lot of people that are not already decided on the fact that they love you and they're gonna shit on you and they're gonna hate you, and you know but somebody like Lil Baby like I would say the same thing as Pump and Perp like. He just little gotta, baby will be fine. He just got to refocus. Yeah, yeah. Little baby's gonna be alright. Gotta stop the interview to tell you about our good folks at Odd Socks, baby. Yeah, shout out to Odd Socks. Now this is what I love about Odd Socks. One, they're family. We love them, but also they have the most comfortable socks in the fucking world. All right. Now look, they got the craziest licenses. You see the Jolly Rancher. These are actually flies. Fuck. Some Dorito socks. Uh, they got the WWE license, which is. Just my absolute favorite. And then, um, personally, my favorite is the Odd Socks Basics. Now, these are just the basic socks. Now, these are in my bag because I'm taking these. I love these Odd Socks Basics. These are literally the most comfortable socks in the world. All right? These are just the plain guys. All right? Also, they got the Scarface. They got the Godfather. And they have underwear. What are we talking about? What are these? 2XL Reese's Pieces. You know, if... if, uh, 
Somebody was going to wear some Reese's underwear, I'd assume they'd be a 2X on the size. You know, shout out to the Ghostbusters. Um, look, so much going on at Odd Socks. Uh, what you got to do is go to oddsocksofficial.com, use that promo code bootleg, and you will save 20% off at checkout, all right? It don't matter what you're into. They got all the licenses, Coca-Cola. You could be a Pepsi guy instead. They got both. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you're into maybe some anime. They got all the anime licenses. They got Naruto. They also got, um, they just uh, uh, rolled out the new uh, Power Rangers, Transformers, all that. Oddsocksofficial.com. Use the promo code bootleg. Save 20% off right now. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. The best part about my bookie is not only is it the best sports book, period. I mean, look, we're in the middle of baseball season, and baseball season is big money season. If you are a gambler, you know baseball is where you get the shmoney, all right? Not only that, but they got the full-fledged casino going on, all right? I'm telling you, last night, I'm on my bookie. I'm playing roulette with a lady. I'm looking at the lady. She's on video. She's rolling the wheel. It's a movie, all right? They got blackjack. They got uh, whatever you're into. Blackjack, craps, uh, man, all kinds of slots. Some of these slot games are so fun, all right? Listen, everything you want, all on one site, mybookie.ag. This is the best part when you sign up with our promo code bootleg. Not only do you help us out, but you help yourself out because you're going to get that first deposit bonus. Money to gamble with immediately, free, once you sign up, mybookie.ag, use the promo code bootleg, get the first deposit bonus right now. Let's get back into the interview. I was going to say, you had a couple of, you having your store back in the day resulted in some cool shit. One, obviously, I think the last hurrah was kind of... A uh, gun in my face. Well, I was going to say when, when X passed away and you guys pretty much shut. That was crazy. But then the thing that actually made us like basically leave the block was when I got the gun in my face. That seemed like that kind of like killed the vibe and you know all of a sudden i didn't want to be there the same way i needed security around me whenever i was there everybody's got guns everybody's just like on a very different level because we were hanging out all the fucking time with no guns around for years there and then all of a sudden one kid pulls up acting crazy and that just kind of really changed the flavor of the block um i was gonna say though like you had a dope interaction with j cole where mm -hmm. he just fell through randomly and shout then, out sasha who you just named he's the one who basically lined that up shout out to sasha good guy uh and then um i think about mgk came and came and bought a bike at your store did he yeah that's something that him and i talked about because he was like you know i bought a bike from that store really and he said that's why he doesn't understand why because i guess you were shitting on him you guys have this like you guys had like a little I'm gonna be real with you. Spat. I never knew why he had an issue with me aside from like the only things I could think you of. He probably said something that he saw. I mean, he's a sensitive guy. Yeah, I mean I'm I, sure you said something about him. Yeah, I mean, I don't like his rap. Like his, all his rap records back in the day. I, I I remember like he put a record out and I listened to it and I said it was garbage. And I never knew he bought a bike from me though. What so it's fuck? funny because yeah, because him and I, because you know, I, I'm, I'm real cool with, with, with Kels, and and we were talking, and I was like, you know, Adam, like I can connect you, with Adam. He's a good dude. Because you know, I don't know if you remember, I put you on the phone with Russ. Oh yeah, you did. And I we had like a conversation. That, I always think about that because I had a conversation thinking that we were on air. We weren't. I know. Russ, but I was having I was the conversation to, I like film, I was. I was on trying air. to film it. Yeah, but then. I realized after, like, oh, that wasn't on air. Like, no. the only people who know about that conversation are me, Russ, and Kev. Whereas I was speaking as if I had the whole world listening to me. 
But damn, that's crazy that you had that conversation with MGK because I never got that's any That's what he told me. He was like, it's crazy because I actually went out of my way to make sure when I bought a bike, I bought it from his store just to kind of keep the money within like the culture type shit. I don't think anybody ever told me like at the store that that happened. It's possible that I just No, he didn't said he know. bought a bike. He's like, I bought a bike from, from his spot. I literally went out of my way to go buy the bike there. Somebody should have told me. Yeah, because I look at all that like, oh, why do I have problems with MGK? Like, why, why was he so mad at me? It's really just for me like saying I didn't like his music at a certain point or like making fun of him and... I mean, I really am not, like, a big fan of his music, but also, like, I'm sure me and him would get along all right. And, like, I remember uh, somebody told me that he lives near me, and so I've had the thought multiple times when I'm doing cardio, just walking around the neighborhood, just thinking, like, imagine I just saw MGK and we just had to fight in the front yard. Like, that would be crazy. Because, like, if he came up to me on some crazy shit, I guess I'm just going to fight him, even though that's not normally an option for... Right. I'm not normally going to, like... I think both both of you guys are too rich for that to happen. I would think so as well, but, I mean, you see him punch some guy at the fair the other day. I got nothing against him. Yeah, but, I mean, that was... I think that was more... I mean, his lady was nearby. I, 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 you know, yeah, you got to kind of hold your chick down. Yeah, but somebody said some crazy shit to her, and then he had his security right there. For me, if somebody says something crazy to my my girl, I'm going to be like, security... Get him! Like, like I'm paying you for a reason. <laughs> but he's had security for so long that he's no, no. He's, just I mean, like, Fuck it. he's a hothead. You know, like like yeah. I've seen like Kel's ain't, You know, he's he's a good dude. But yeah, you guys, I'm sure one day we'll have a conversation, or you'll be jogging and he'll honk at you from a pink G wagon. I'm down or something like that. I would have a conversation with him. Yeah, I was gonna say the fu- the fuck Russ era. Obviously, all that kind of that was that the only time you actually had an artist physically do harm to you or is there anything we never heard about well the russ didn't do any it was his guy right yeah i was just like at the nail salon around the corner from my store at the time and i remember it was some kind of like goth boy click event or some shit like jesus that sounds like an (laughs) that sounds like a terrible thing so basically you have like a shitload of zanned out goth kids hanging out at the store right and so i dip off at one point i go around the corner to the to the the nail salon and I'm getting my nails done, and I thought, oh, I'm going to put my hood up, and I'm going to face away from the door so that nobody can tell it's me. Not a great idea. Didn't see these guys coming. And then I just hear at one point, Adam 22, pow, get punched in the side of the head. And I, like, fall down for a second. Like, I think he hit me like, one more time. And then I jump up, and by the time I'm, I jump up, they're out. They're- and you didn't even realize it was connected to Russ until later, right? I didn't realize it was connected to Russ until, like, a year later when Academics was on live stream with him. And Russ said something like, yeah, that fool Adam-22 got touched, too. But, like, the, it was breaking up on the recording of the stream. But Ak knew what he said. So Ak told me, he goes... This is what Russ said, and immediately it clicks in my head, like, oh, my God, the Nigerians. Because Russ is always talking about his Nigerian homies and shit, and I'm like, oh, my God, those guys were Nigerian. Like, I got beat up by a couple of Nigerians that Russ sent through. And so then all of a sudden it made sense, and I remember I sat on it and thought about it for a couple of days. And then one day I was like, you know what, I might as well just use the shit for some clout. So I just go on Twitter and start being like, hey, fuck Russ, yada, yada, yada. Hey, I feel like like his... um campaign of beating up rappers that talk shit it about works, it works because right? nobody says it no more and i feel like people now are like yo maybe russ was onto something when it came to being independent and like owning your masters and not getting fucked by labels right and- i mean what i will say is that russ definitely like didn't do himself any favors around that time he was just saying a bunch of wild ass shit and just kind of disrespecting a lot of people yeah, yeah i mean he had that t-shirt um that, that stands out when he dissed all the atlanta producers or whatever and i remember Southside was going crazy on him like <laughs> 
he made a lot of weird decisions around that time. Now, that being said, I, and the reason why I kind of let it go and just decided, like, all right, I'm going to just be cool with Russ when you initiated the conversation is because Russ brought it up to me that there was a lot of tweets that I didn't remember, probably because I was zanned the fuck out, just like his t-shirt said, where I was basically, like, really roasting this motherfucker. And I don't do that now. Like, I'm, I'm not going to just use, like, a rapper as a punchline, like, in the way that I was doing there, where I was really, like, treating him like he wasn't a human being, you know? Which, to me, I don't I don't approve of that or condone that. I feel like you should approach everybody as, as a person and, you know, try to engage with the actual ideas that they're putting out there now if i had had some angry tweets where i said russ doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about with these atlanta producers or actually xanax is the best how dare you insult xanax right then that's fair like that's me having an opinion right but me just like clowning him and just treating him like a joke i don't really condone that so i have to even though obviously i don't condone you know him sending people to beat my ass either but i do respect that you gotta respect the shooter at the end of the day or the puncher you can't dictate how people react to disrespect yeah, and I shouldn't have been lacking anyway. Shouldn't have been lacking. Because, man, you, you imagine another version of that story where I pull out the thing and just... Bah, and bah, then you bah, smoke bah. two random dudes and you're like... And you find out a year later and they, they were no, Russ's home. It's not going to take a year. The cops are going to go through their phone and be like, oh, shit, Russ sent these guys to do this. And then, I mean, that's the alternate... Ver- like, realistically, that's how that story would probably play out today. So I'm kind of thankful that I learned that lesson early on. Um, how... Look, I, I think you and I were texting early on when the whole uh, departure mm-hmm. split of No Jumper happened because I'm real, real tight with, with AD and I've become cool with T-Rail um, over the last year or so. Um, but I remember just hitting you and being like, this was... Because I came on the show the day after you fired Lush. Okay. And uh, I didn't really understand what i was walking into i guess to the fully because I, I heard you say that on another show that, yeah like you really didn't get what i was didn't going understand on. <laughs> the, like the whole gravity of what was yeah, happening yeah, right yeah. so like um yeah it was shit uh but you th- that day was crazy because i remember coming out of the room because you have multiple content rooms and seeing the dude who uh went on the stream that same day and like tried to air you out for the old 2018 shit. Like I saw oh. him coming in. Really? Wow. Yeah, that was the same day. So wow. you, so he was there. Like I remember seeing him come in, and then I think he w- walked over to the stream room, and then me and you took a pic, and then I left. Wow. But I remember like it was later on that day, or maybe it was it was I think, it was, and I remember just being like, oh shit! But you were going through, man, bro. <laughs> Yeah, it was wild. I mean, it, it's and I remember hitting you like, "Hey, bro, like, stay strong." Bro. But it is weird too because I feel like that would happen to me now, and I wouldn't give a fuck. Like, it's but just I mean, weird. and, it would and, not and again, hit the same. that wasn't very long ago, right? So, yeah. like, at the end of the day, like, I've never really seen. I mean, everybody is like, "Yo, it's over for this guy. We're not, yeah. we're not going on a show. He's a clown." fucking he's a you know fucking pedo whatever the fuck like yeah. it was like all this shit just getting thrown at the fucking house at the same time yeah how was your mental being and like what was the low for you just in terms of dealing with that i mean at that time it was rough because it was like i just felt like oh i put years of hard work into like nurturing these guys as talent and then they just kind of like turn their back on me as soon as it's convenient for them so that was kind of tough to accept 
But then at the same time, you know, just having the internet in general just attacking me. And even that was like one thing. But dude, like, it, it seems so silly. But around that same time, there was a clip of me doing an interview with Sneeko where we were like having this very sarcastic conversation about how disgusting vaginas are. Like, really. Anybody who knows me or him would be able to tell that it was a trolling ass conversation and that when I was saying that like penises are so much better than vaginas, you just splash a little bit of puddle water on it and it's clean, whereas a vagina is an open Intricate. wound. This is like a version of like a, a, a joke that I've basically like been telling like yeah. my whole life yeah, about how right. dicks are better than vaginas, whatever. But like, oh my God, like thousands of porn chicks just using that clip as an opportunity to act as if I genuinely hate vaginas. And, you know, it's just like a lot of that shit all at the same time. Just it kind of just unloaded on me. And, yeah, it was really, really hard for me at that time. And then I went on the honeymoon and I kind of like got my mind right while I was off doing that. Because all this is happening right before your wedding. Yeah. Terrible timing. Very, very, very stressful for my girl. Although then we, we go and do the wedding and it's like the perfect wedding. It was like so good. Everything went so smoothly. And then it made me and her feel like, well, why the fuck were we so stressed out about the wedding and the lead up to all this, like on account of all that other shit, you know? Did you like, uh, I mean, are you like a therapy guy? I do. I had a therapist for like three years now Mm -hmm. and I very much appreciate her. And uh, she gives me a very nice space in which I can kind of air out everything that uh, I'm going through emotionally. Sometimes it feels like my therapist and I is like, the one podcast I do a week that nobody ever gets to hear. Right. <laughs> you just like working through shit, you know? Um, but yeah, she definitely helped, help talk me through all that stuff. And at any point in time, you've already made your money. You're paid. You're doing well. Plug talks booming. Mm. At any point in time, did you consider just being like, you know what? I don't need to do this. This is worse for me than it's better for me. Yeah. Cause like there was a time where, it felt like there. Just watching you, it just felt mm-hmm. like there was a time where you just were like, just over this shit, right? Because like that whole house phone thing happened, and then that that was the thing that bothered me. Is I felt like, oh, this is a moment where it's pretty obvious that I need the guys who are hosts on the channel to have my back during this, and like need them to help craft the narrative that things are just fine here. And instead, I felt like I kind of got the opposite, where like a lot of the hosts on the channel were kind of like very much actively trying to make the situation between me and house phone worse. And he gets that now. Cause like me and house phone have had a lot of conversations about it and everything. And like, you know, he, he, we've been talking all day. He's DJing a, a, a show that I'm doing on Saturday and I don't, yeah, it just kind of made me realize like there was just like a really toxic element brewing within no jumper at that time. And, you know, I don't think that, any of the hosts in particular are like really bad people. I think that they just kind of had voices in their ears that were probably concerned with their own financial situation more than like the actual long-term careers of these guys, you know? So I think that there was just too many, too much bullshit going on. And it's crazy because as soon as those guys left and then we have, we still have a shitload of hosts on the channel and like a lot of them have been, really growing and stuff. And I have hosts who literally like cannot be in the same room. I cannot have Rick baby or whack 100 or, you know, I can't have whack 100 and crit Mac in the room at the same time, but still like the vibe is way better than it was before. feels like as much as that shit kind of hurt going through those growing pains, exercising that 
drama element out of the business was like really important because at a certain point it was just a lot of people were like coming into no jumper basically like stirring shit up and then going home to their streams and making tons of content about it and that just became like the norm every day and that's why i felt like i needed to take steps like moving around people on podcasts and stuff like that because it was just becoming really really overwhelming i saw uh ad said something because you had snoopy badass on yeah, who, uh, he wants special treatment because uh, Snoopy Badass had a video where he basically said that, like, and this is a long time ago because I, I did an interview with Snoopy like two years ago and AD wasn't there or anything and like Snoop and, and Snoopy had a video where he basically said that AD was blocking him from going on No Jumper and that AD is just a hater because, you know, Snoopy's the real king of Compton or whatever the fuck he said. So when I had Snoopy on the other day, I asked him, what was up with that video of you saying that you would fuck AD up or whatever. And I guess, you know, AD, like, last night did this whole song and dance, acting like the victim, acting like, oh, that's so fucked up that I would ask this dude about him. Um, So just for the record, I am one of the greatest hip-hop podcasters to ever live. And if you think that I'm going to have a motherfucker on the show and not ask him about the beef that he previously had with someone who was a host on the channel... A, you're not paying attention to what I've been doing for all these years because that is 100% what I do. If I have an interview with a rapper that hates Bootleg Kev tomorrow, I'm going to probably make it clear in the course of the interview, like, yeah, I fuck with Bootleg Kev, but I'm going to say, so why, well, why so you hate happened? Bootleg Kev? Yeah, yeah. That's normal. That's what everybody does. AD, like, I don't know why he, like, thinks he needs, like, special treatment, but I think the reality is is that he probably isn't even actually bothered by what I said in the interview with Snoopy Badass. He just does like four streams a week and he needs topics and he needs stuff to talk about. And so that probably seemed like something that would be good clickbait. Right. And that's not like people just, you, you see people become this weird version of themselves and they start faking fights and they start faking beefs and they start, you know, creating beefs out of nothing or whatever. And it's like, I don't know. Like I saw like a two minute clip of his stream in the Reddit and mm-hmm. I just didn't even. I didn't even think about responding. It just seems so. I was going to say, <laughs> he, I think he said that you guys were like cordial. We've had some text conversations since then and everything. But like, okay, why do we have a text conversation when I was in Florence about to get married? Is because his cousin came on one of the No Jumper panels. And then AD did a whole stream talking about, you know, if, if I'm not fucking with Adam, then you, or if you're my cousin, you shouldn't go on No Jumper or whatever. And I hit him up. I sent him like you know a couple of t- texts, just being like, "Bro, I didn't know you had a problem with this fucking guy. Like, like, what do you like?" But again, it's like he needed some clickbait. He needed something to talk about that week. So you see how AD, even being who he is, he just is. I don't know. It's like weird. Like, oh, you, you could have just texted me and said like, "Why do you interview my cousin?" Instead, you do a three-hour live stream about it, and you know. That, but that's why I kind of feel bad for these guys because. It's like they, they, they feel like they have to talk about me to get views and to get people to pay attention because that's all of their most viral content has just been talking well, about Well, I think me. Lush said that. I think Lush is like, this is what y'all want, so I'm going to keep doing it. Lush did a whole video swearing that he wasn't going to talk about me anymore and thanking me for the positive impact out on his career and everything. And then he interviews somebody else that I don't fuck with, and he said, like, hey... I really tried to stop talking about No Jumper. But this is what y'all but, want. But you guys don't watch my shit unless I talk about No Jumper, so I'm talking about No Jumper. Now, the difference between Lush talking about No Jumper and not talking about No Jumper is he'll get like 1,000 views on an average stream, and then he'll talk about No Jumper, and he'll get like 10,000 
Okay, so yes, that is a 10x multiplier, but still, you're a grown ass man getting 10,000 views on your live stream. Have you guys chatted <laughs> at just, all? I mean, he tries to hit me up and stuff, and it's like, bro, I just don't fuck with because I, I, I like, I, you know, I had him on, and uh, he went off. He went off on me on some fucking podcast, and then I ended up bringing him on, and we're you know we're cool because I think I called I, I, I called him some shit when you and I because I, I I never was like a fan of him on the channel, but when I met him, I was like, oh, he seems like a really genuinely like like nice dude, and and with him, it's like it just reminds me like. Do not operate your business like a fucking charity project because he was somebody that was just so obviously fucked. And like, I put him on the channel because it was like, I, I thought that that was kind of like an interesting narrative. Like, look at this guy, he's an ex junkie. He's fucking addicted to banging prostitutes on Fig. He's just got like, a, clearly got a few screws loose. He's chasing this battle rap dream. But then, you know, like, we brought him on the channel and it's just like everybody on the channel was just viciously clowning him all the time. And I was the one telling people, I was the one sitting down with almighty suspect and saying like, suspect, you got to go easy on lush. You can't just like be this mean to him. Cause like, I remember there was like a freestyle thing where lush rapped and suspect was laughing so hard, like falling out of his chair. And it was so funny. And I'm over here. I'm the one looking out for lush saying suspect you can't treat him like that like suspect you got to be nicer to him whatever t rel was fucking shitting on him left and right he fucking hated him and i'm kind of trying to like you know navigate that and and you know like why, why was i going out of my way to help this guy i never did one bad thing to this guy and then of course all of his streams are about me because i'm the only successful person that he's ever been around in his entire life i'm the only famous person that he's ever been associated right. with so he has to talk about me or else Nothing's ever going to move. My challenge to all of those guys, and I've said this before, is get a million views. Have an opinion. Have a thought. Are you make, talking about on a specific video? Make a video that gets a million views. Have a thought. Have an opinion. Do something. The stipulations are, you can't get a million views talking about me. That's not going to do it. There's not a million people who care that much about any of these ex-hosts talking about me. Or, you know, uh, get an interview. Talk to somebody who's like really interesting and get a million views. That's my challenge to every single one of them. Well, I think you I, will have proven to me that you successfully left the nest when you get a million views. Because I could tell you that last month I got 50 million views on my YouTube channel. And this is like people talk about a sinking ship. All of these channels combined are maybe 10% of the views that I get in a month. And I'm a sinking ship. This is what these people actually want you to believe. It's a bullshit narrative. They were never mistreated while they were on the channel. I was always transparent about pay. I was always like very uh, you know, open to having discussions about what the future of the channel was going to be. So that, that is the one thing that really bothers me is just this bullshit right. victim narrative that was painted on the way out. But I don't think that people are falling for it anymore. I, you know, The channel's doing way, way better. We're crushing it right now. Um, and I have tons more great ideas. And at the end of the day... You need money to go to war, and I got a lot of it, and I, I can't. Speak I mean, for I don't think else. they want to. I mean, I, I I would hate to see like a war. I mean, obviously, but it's not kind war, of, to me. It's like there's a scoreboard, right? And I'm way up, even though people tried to paint me as if I was way down. Yeah, I mean, we're look, way up. But, but I do think it's important to acknowledge like community and 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 back on fig are are successful. They're not maybe They're no existing. jumper successful. But thank you. I think you've you have a head start, you know. True. You've been and doing, I'm a goat. 
I mean, look, yeah, of course, you're, you have some of the I'll most iconic interviews of all time. Listen. I think you got to look at it as like through the scope of like these guys just started these channels. So it's right. like, you know. But they need to get a million views. You know, have you watched uh, Figmunity World? No. No, you never. Well, I've seen some clips here. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, I just think that like they're building something that they're, you know, and I, I just wish that there was less like, like, I, don't, I didn't like the way the whole split happened. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, it was bullshit. But I, I think that, uh, I, I, you know, both things can be true. They're successful, maybe not as successful as you, but again, you have a head start. But they're doing, I mean, I'm sure they're making much more money for their families, for themselves, than, would you acknowledge that? That they're probably making more money now than they were making with No Jumper? Hell no. You don't think so? No, 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 no. Okay, so I, I'm not in the business. So no, I just no, know that they have sponsors. They got, you know, they got their own sponsor money coming in. Like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like they're probably, and they might be okay, even if, it's, even if they're making 75% of what they were making with you. Oh, hell no. You don't think so? No. I mean, I, listen, a lot of people talk to me. A lot of people tell me things. I basically know, like, almost exactly how much money they make. And I feel bad that they had bad management that led them in the direction of walking away from, you know, money that could do that was very very meaningful for an opportunity that realistically has not panned out yet and do you, well i mean yeah i mean do you think um there would ever be an opportunity for you guys to do a reunion show or go on each other's platforms in the future is um, that out of the realm of possibility for me i'm looking towards the future so is it possible i guess anything is possible but I just got a lot of good things going for me right now. I'm really focused on, and I don't really feel the need to sort of go back in time, you know? And obviously, uh, you know, shout out to Brick Baby. Brick Baby's Brick Baby better. amazing. Why be better and Brick Baby better? Be be better. Yo, what is it about, like, you and gang members where you just, uh, you just attract yourself to L.A. gang members like a fucking... They love me. <laughs> Dude, what can I say? I don't know. There's just L.A. gang members around you at all times. Listen... I don't know. You get in where you fit in. And I've always been a fan of this of this music. And uh, at a certain point, you know, like, I like having conversations with Wack 100. I like having conversations with Burke Baby. I do a podcast with Danny Mullen. He's a comedian. He doesn't even know what, who Blue, Blueface is. There's been multiple times that I've mentioned Blueface. He doesn't know who I'm talking about. I like doing that kind of content. But ultimately, like... The only people who are going to really know a lot about the music that I'm into are pretty much gang members or people who are equally as fascinated by that kind of stuff as me. So, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of where I've ended up. Yeah, because I'm thinking, let's see, your two main co-hosts now are Wack and Brick Baby, right? Enemies. Can't be around each other. That's. I got to make it. I got to work through this in time. Yeah, and I mean, even back in the day, it was like you had T. Rowe and you had Crip Crip Mac. Mac. Yeah, so it was like they couldn't be in the same place at the same time. Is, yeah, is that co- a conversation you've tried to, uh, you know, mend a little, or is it even with it's Crip not, Mac and T. Rowe? No, no, with Whack and uh, <laughs> with Whack and Brick Baby. I think like actually, when I first started the Whack podcast, there was a chance that they were going to be able to be cool, and then it got way worse after that. Mm. So at this time, probably not. I do think, like, based on statements that they both made, that if they were to see each other, that it would not turn physical. Right. At least based on what they've said. 
which that to me is a big step. Big step. Um, but yeah, I would love to get them on the same page. I think they would be incredible together on camera, but we're not quite there yet. I remember in the past you had said that you would interview six nine. I think I would now. I was going to say. Yeah. I don't know why, but... I got a feeling it's coming. You know, my dedication to the street code was so strong at a certain time that it just kind of blinded me. And now I'm like, eh, I could do it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, Six Nine want to sit down with me when, like... I'm sure if he was watching my commentary on the on the uh, Kodak Black Six Nine collab, that he probably would be like, well, fuck this guy, because, like, you know, I wasn't exactly positive about it. But I think with you and Wax dynamic like whack would probably want to make that happen right i would like to make it happen me and whack talked about it I, I, he facetimed me the other day with six nine and six nine just started saying some random shit and i don't know i mean i would be i would be cool with it It would be like interesting because of the fact that i was around six nine like in the very very infancy of his career mm-hmm. before he had twenty thousand followers when i right. met him and i've kind of seen him get to be the biggest rapper in the game, and now I guess he's the biggest Latin artist in the game or something. He's definitely not that. Well, he's he's up there. There's Bad Bunny. There's yeah, I don't know. Peso Pluma. He's out there, but I don't I don't know. I mean, he's he's doing his thing. I don't think he's a bad guy. I just think he, you know, ended up in a weird situation. Do you feel like more now than ever the selective outrage about snitching is like at an all time high? I mean, yeah. Shout out Wack 100, but. <laughs> Wack always says selective politic, right? <laughs> He's the most. Selective. He's the selective politic. He is for the sure. selective one. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, because I think of like the the, the shit with Q, the QC guy, you know, and it's like, I mean, a lot of guys are signing him. A lot of people, yeah, and I and I thought when I saw that story come out, I'm like, God damn! Like, are there are there certain people that aren't going to want to be around P anymore? Which just went away. And nobody cared. Yeah, it just kept it moving. Yeah, and because it's, he didn't tell on anybody famous. Ah. If you snitch on Young Thug, you're in trouble. If you snitch on if or if people already kind of hate you, like Six Nine, he told on all these people real hated gang him. members. And people, but people hated were, him. People were dying to find something. No, to everybody take him down. wanted to tear him down. It's almost like people wanted to tear you down, and they exactly. got that little slither. Bingo. And they were like, "We're dying." And I think that is part of why I have empathy for Six Nine now, having kind of like Bingo. I mean, I've lived through it a few times, I guess, really, but like. You know, just seeing how bad the pylon is and everything. And I mean, what if somebody, I'm not in the streets like that. If somebody snitches, it's not really my business. I really don't give a shit. It has right. nothing to do with me. I see Vlad interview snitches all the time, doing all kinds of crazy legwork, trying to like explain why snitch is not a big deal or whatever uh, in their interviews. And it is what it is. Um, hey, let's stop the interview real quick to tell you about our good folks at King Palm. That's right, man. Shout out to King Palm. Uh, we're talking about nothing but that organic, all right? That natural. Them leaves, all right? There's no tobacco involved, and they're so smooth when you smoke in them. I love King Palm. It's the only thing I'm smoking out of. Now, if you go to your local uh, liquor store, you go to your local smoke shop, you can get King Palms. Of course, 7-Eleven's got the King Palms, and they have so many crazy flavors. Like, shout out to Sugar Sean, who's from um, Phoenix, Arizona, my hometown. He's got his own flavor. They just sent us these. Now, what's dope about King Palm is that they have the the terpene-infused flavors so at the end of the tip of these pre-rolls right you get the leaf you squeeze the tip that's what she said and then you just get a burst of flavor this is that honey mango all right now this is the most important part this is absolutely natural tobacco free leaves the cleanest way to smoke all right trust me when i say it, man we love king palm over here so many flavors i mean shout out to the grape 
Shout out to the Honey Mango. Shout out to the Sugar Punch right here. You know what I'm saying? Look, if you go to kingpalm.com right now, you can get hooked up with everything you need at 50% off if you use the promo code bootleg or bootleg kev. Try either one of those. I forget which one it is. It's bootleg or it's bootleg kev. You know what? The correct promo code will be down below. Use the one that's down here, kingpalm.com. Get 50% off right now. Shout out to King Palm. Also, want to shout out to our good folks at Blue Chew, baby. Shout out to Blue Chew. Now, this is what's going on with Blue Chew, man. Everybody keeps asking me, does Blue Chew work? Yes, it works, but don't take my word for it. You're going to get a month for free when you go to bluechew.com and you use the promo code BOOTLEG. A month for free. Now, what is Blue Chew? Fellas, if you're dealing with erectile dysfunction, fellas, if your dick is not getting as hard as you'd like it to, maybe for your wife. Oh, I don't know. Listen, all you got to do is go to bluechew.com. It has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it's getting delivered to you in a chewable form right to your door in discreet packaging, and you do not have to go into a doctor's office to get Blue Chew. You go to bluechew.com, you use the promo code BOOTLEG, you get a month's supply delivered to your door discreetly, of course, discreetly. No doctor's appointments, no going and leaving your house and sitting in a lobby and waiting for some you know, lady to call you in so you could tell her how your cock's not working properly. It happens, fellas, all right? Bluechew.com, take my word for it. Also, take their word for it because they're going to give you a month's supply for free, just $5 shipping, bluechew.com, promo code BOOTLEG. Uh, let's get back to the interview. Back to the Lena thing, like, uh, for you, you've had so many random people speak about this situation. Uh-huh. We talked about Andrew Tate. Did Mike Tyson say something? <laughs> Not that I know of, but, but that is how crazy my life is right now, is that Mike Tyson could have said something about it, and I would not know. I was going to say, what's, like, the one thing where you saw, like, oh, wait, this person is talking about this? This is kind of crazy. I mean, yeah, like Andrew Tate talking to Tucker Carlson about it and Tucker Carlson doing that, you know, that face he's always making. He's like, oh, really? Yeah. He let a man sleep with his wife. Whoa. Like, like, I don't know. That that was insane because that's kind of like two of the biggest voices on the right. I guess watching Logan Paul talk about it the other day kind of tripped me out. Just I mean, he was giving you props for your like mental fortitude. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Because you seem extremely unfazed by a lot of this. Yeah. I'm pretty... My, my heart is is cold. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't have done this unless you knew you could fully like go to sleep at night without any. Yeah, I mean, at this point, in terms of how I view myself as a public figure, it's just I'm really not scared of the smoke. I think that there was a time period after like those dudes left the channel where I really didn't, I, I just didn't want to beef. I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to like. I just, I was just really turned off to like all the drama and stuff. And then having gone through the great cucking of 2023 and the result, the resulting media storm, like even just the shit that I just said about those dudes. I mean, I'm holding back like crazy. There's so much stuff I could say, but wh- why not? Like, what am I scared of that? They're going to do another fucking stream talking about me for the 1800th time. Like, I really don't give a shit. And, uh, Anybody could say anything they want about me, and I'm not really tripping about it. You know, academics probably did like 10 hours of live streaming about the Lena thing. Did you watch his uh, live I, no. his live commentary? I never saw any of it. He actually, what's weird with him is that he said, he texted me. He's like, just so you know, I'm not going to talk about the Lena thing. This is like right when it first came out, and I'm like, I'm like, you could talk about it. Like, go crazy, bro. I don't fucking care. He's like, he's like, well, it's your baby mama, yada yada. Like, I feel like I'll be respectful and not talk about it. And I'm like. You don't have to worry. Like, you could talk about it. It's all good. 
Hey, shout out to him though but, for but, doing that. But then his commentary, like I didn't see it, but like I heard, I, I just kept hearing like reviews of it from people, and uh, it's some of it seemed kind of crazy. The one thing I got mad about is I'm like, act, don't put my kid in the thumbnail. Which he, to me seems obvious, but that's know. super obvious. Keep but the kid out of it. His fucking Twitch mods or whoever they—I guess they were the ones who did it. So yeah, I'm sure he's not on Photoshop making the thumbnail, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned that your wife had a number and it hit 50x. Yeah. Can you give us any sort of idea? No. Because we always say, well, well, how much? How much does the number have to be for it to be worth a hypothetical situation for somebody to fuck my wife or, or you know another person's girlfriend? Yeah. Is it like? North of ten million? I shall not comment. I can't. Like I would love to just fully just bow, just hit you with the number. My girl is very uh standoffish about talking about finances and shit. Like she just doesn't really want to put a, a dollar amount. And does out this there. fall under the LLC that you're a part of? The money that comes in for this? Like, do you get your cut of that? Because it is your wife. Uh, not specifically. Or is it her money? No. Yeah, yeah. I thought about that at a certain point, but I was like, you know what? Like, we've participated in so many different deals together or whatever like her her whole thing is only fans from her account and then the plug talk account so i you know i let her have her side of things but i can say like even just for myself that okay i had the biggest month ever on snapchat i believe like that any channel has ever had at least like the guy that handles our snapchat like yeah, I, yeah I, you plug me with him shout out to dean shout out dean i put i put he he basically told me that I made the most money that of anybody he had ever seen on Snapchat from that, just from talking about it. Plug Talk literally doubled. It was already a great business. It doubled, which that Crazy. was also kind of insane for me to see. And so I can't say that, you know, I, I could say that like even just me talking about it and the things that came from the media storm has been insane from my perspective. From her perspective, it's even more insane. It's the best selling OnlyFans scene of all time. Because well she so she was selling it like you had to, you pay, to pay you had to pay five to bucks for her OnlyFans and you have to and pay twenty dollars through the DMs to in walk. order to purchase it. Wow. Hmm. Do you know what what her subscriber count is? It is I think like five times the most that it ever was before, but. Uh, I probably shouldn't I guess, say the exact number. Well, you can't see that if you go to the page. I, I'm not too like. I, I, no, you you could see it on her end, but you can't see it. Oh, up, I didn't know because you know I, I, you know fucking Instagram or something. You can see you know I don't yeah. know if it, if it shows that. No, so it's boom. Business is booming. Business is booming. I want to get real quick before before we wrap. I think that like uh, one thing that you said when all this shit was like going left was like if you take YouTube revenue out of your. Uh, business model mm. just like on some content creator shit like kind of give me like a little peek into what the business of no jumper is and like how you're able to monetize on so many levels you mentioned the snapchat show snapchat facebook patreon the uh the monetization of the audio on a you know any app where you listen to just the audio and it inserts ads into it brand deals merchandise um you know obviously plug talk is its own fucking world uh yeah, there's just there's a lot. That's why it was crazy when people are like, "Oh, like his business is done because these hosts left." I'm like, maybe I'm gonna make you know twenty thousand dollars less this month, maybe thirty thousand dollars less this month because all these hosts left. That means nothing to me. That is nothing. I could gladly throw twenty thousand dollars in the trash every single month and it would mean nothing to me. My my mortgage on the space is like twenty grand a month. And that means nothing to me. So it's like people really got me fucked up 
financially sometimes. And I guess I, I, I kind of ask for it because I don't flex or like do anything. Well, you've been flexing lately. But not really, right? Like you never see me buy anything. You never see me Do I just mean like you, post, you threw up the numbers? I mean, you, you put the fist over the, the, the dollar amount for you too, but you know. Yeah, I do the view count. I'm not, I'm not telling people how much money we make or whatever. But yeah, that's always a weird one when people are like, oh, no, Jumper's doing bad. And that's why his wife did a porn scene with this other guy. It's like, just because me and my wife are both multimillionaires does not mean that we don't want to also make many, many more millions of dollars, you know? Of course. Like for me, I look at my life all the time and I have like basically like two different versions of it. It's like there's the version of my life right now where I'm working my ass off trying to make as much money as possible. And then I have this other version that's like, well, what if I just went into chill mode and only made money off of my more passive revenue streams? Like to put it in perspective, just from selling Instagram promo, I could easily Yeah, the IG is its own beast. Right? I could have my own my, my entire life paid for, my kid in private school, still going on vacations from just the Instagram promo. Think about that. That is a tiny That's percentage of the business. Of and it's doing, still yeah. enough to keep everything afloat. And when I was going through all that shit, I did like think about that. Like, well, maybe I'd be happier if I just did whatever the fuck I wanted to do all the time. I remember I was doing a podcast with uh, Ryan Long, who's like a comedian out of New York, and I said something about like how lately, yeah, I've just been thinking like maybe I just want to like, you know, spend more time with the family and spend more time around my kid. And he he laughed in my face and he goes, <laughs> he's like, a guy like you, like you're not. What are you gonna do? Just sit around and watch your kid grow up? <laughs> He's like laughing in my face, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like how the fuck? Am I, I can't chill out. Like yeah. I don't. Like maybe when I'm older, or like you know, I, I respect the fuck out of it when I see my girl able to sit around the house for twelve hours all day and do nothing but play with blocks with the kid and right. take her for a walk around the block and all that. And when I do have days where it's just me at the house. I force myself to be as present as possible, keep the phone on, do not disturb, try not to be sending texts to people right. about content all the fucking time, try not to look at TikTok and Twitter and all this shit. But it's like, you know, I'm still in my moment. I'm still like, I, I have content I want to make. I have things I want to do with my life. Sometimes the, the the hard part is that there's just too many things I want to do in my life. I want to go play in all these fucking poker tournaments. Say you're a fucking poker beast. Yeah, I want to go play in all these poker tournaments that are like $20,000, $100,000 to enter these tournaments and shit. But it just doesn't make sense for me to take my time and, and spend doing those things when I could be in the office grinding out uh, content. I was going to say, how hands-on are you with what we see? Like, are you like, hey, we just did this interview. Make sure you clip this, 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 and this. Or do your editors send the title? Hey, this is the title. Do you approve or disapprove? I do an interview, and then by the end of the day, one of the guys sends me a big email with the timestamps and suggested clips, and then I sit down did it last night. I did a fuckload of this shit last night for like an hour before I went to bed where I just sat down. I, I approved or denied every single title uh, for the clips, wrote the full title, starred things that would be like a good TikTok moment or whatever. Oh, so you're like, you're fucking you're I'm very hands on. Because I don't think, you know, and now like shout out Remo. I have Remo in my life who like helps me write questions for some of the interviews, helps me with titles sometimes. So to even have one person that you really trust with that kind of stuff is amazing. But at the same time, like I could definitely take the five or 10 minutes to review the timestamps that he sends through mm -hmm. so I can approve it or not. Cause that's, yeah, that's just one thing where it's just like, I know how I want my shit to be clipped. And you then know? you, uh, you stopped going live, right? Yeah. There's no more, sh like, like when you do the Wednesday or the no jumper show, it's not live anymore. No. Is there a reason why you, you stopped that? The number one reason is that we were doing the live thing at 6 PM, which 
I've just become more and more aware of like my own body and my own mind. Yeah, and that's late. That's late. Yeah, it's like by the time six p.m. rolls, you get home at like eight forty-five, nine o'clock. Like yeah, and a lot of my interviews that I'm doing are early in the week, so it's like I might sit down and do three interviews throughout the course of the day on Tuesday, and then also have to, do a stream at have night. to have the energy to have a really great conversation for two hours at six p.m. At a certain point, I was like, oh, so if I don't go live. I can have a better chance of getting the content monetized. It'd be and, be, it'll be better. And have the clips ready to go, and I'll enjoy it more, and it'll be better content. I think that going live is like really good when you're still in that period of your career where you're like trying to you know activate your fan base mm-hmm. and like because you can interact you get the super chats going yeah. and know. i respect the fuck out of it but i'm just not at that place in my life where i want to be hanging out in the studio until midnight every night you right. know i see fresh and fit do it i see fucking whatever do it and i just don't i don't know for me it just makes more sense to record the shit in advance right. like, i could do all my interviews live but then you know something like the whack 100 podcast it's like i'm paying him out a percentage of what we make of what you guys from, make it. from it and it's like if we do it live and it earns a hundred dollars as opposed to us doing it in advance and being able to cut the swears out of the beginning and do all that and it makes you know many many thousands of dollars for somebody like him it's like what am i going to tell him like hey you, you didn't make this much that right. much of this month because but we, it's because we went live like that just would seem insane so to me so that's your deal with whack is she just a revenue split like yeah, we're baby. partners on this on these videos. You'll see full transparency. This is what the video's made. This is what you made. Type yeah, shit. I just want to incentivize somebody like him, and I don't mind doing that. You know, we we make up we make the money in other ways. In I was going to say think, you, know? you did start editing out curse words at for, what for the first couple of minutes. I was going to say at what minute point is the cutoff? Because I've I've started out my guys do like the first five minutes just to be safe. Yeah, but then sometimes it's like you'll interview somebody who says the n word at the end of every sentence. And oh, they cut man. that out. Like it just really it sounds fucks crazy. It up. I don't know. We try to like hit a, a good balance with it, but and I that's... never tell the person like try not to swear for the first couple. And minutes. I talk about so much mushroom shit on the fucking podcast. So like anytime we have like a dope shroom clip, I just know it's gonna get the yellow fucking dollar sign. See, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there's been a few episodes like I got a Rampage Jackson interview. It was so good. And I just was never able to get it to turn green for like three weeks. Because how many, like how many, because will you do the same thing we do where we'll put up a version and then it hits yellow and we're like, ah, fuck. What, 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 Re-upload. Let's redo this. Over and over and over. Yeah. But that, that Rampage one, I don't know what it was. I think he said tranny or like retard. I think mm. you can believe those if you want. He, I think he was saying those words, one of those words a few times. Never able to get it monetized. And it's kind of like not that big a deal. Like you're talking about a couple thousand bucks. But it's like, you know, it's like, well, that's my money that I was supposed to make for that day when I went in and sat down for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I remember my house flooded the night before the Rampage Jackson interview. And that really stood out to me extra. Like I felt like I deserved to get paid for it because I had been like, man, bucketing water. Yeah. yeah. I had been bucketing water out of my fucking living room earlier in the day. That really seemed like I deserved to get paid for what I did the next day. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Nah, it's definitely a struggle. YouTube. I feel like it's, you guys aren't on rumble yet, huh? We made an account because we, we had a YouTube strike, so we couldn't upload for a week, and so we did make a Rumble account, but we haven't really stayed up on it, as far as I know. Yeah. No, I, I, I was, was like, I was like, I wonder if Rumble's going to really take, because they've been spending so much fucking money between the kick and the Rumble. It's like... I try to be audience first, you know? Yeah, it's I mean, like, and that's where YouTube is where the audience exactly, is. Exactly, and it's like, you know, maybe if somebody said, hey, we're going to give you an extra 
200 grand a month to just stream your shit on rumble like well okay that does sound kind of appealing but like especially in the position that i'm kind of in where a bunch of the hosts just left it's like you want to make you want to make the experience as easy as possible on your fans and i don't know it's like like i've gotten those offers before of like caffeine and all this shit and it's like you really think that i'm just like gonna just completely fuck over my fans just to just to get a little extra money it's like i can make money in other ways like i I would rather just go live on the platform that built us in the first place you know i feel like uh you're overdue for a rogan interview has that ever almost happened so the rogan narrative is that one day rogan was in the airport which is kind of interesting this is like 2018 maybe um he's in the airport which i would assume he mostly flies private he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who should be just hopping on a plane right yeah, he's like I mean, he seems like he also seems like kind of like a normal dude yeah but also it's just like damn joe rogan imagine how fucking annoying it is to be in the airport oh my god it's gotta like, be rough it's every gotta be dude horrible. is trying to jerk you off Pause. dude insane I've heard, I've heard i've heard about him like trying to go work out in the hotel lobby or not in the lobby but in the, ho- the hotel gym uh, dude's just watching him and they have to like shut the gym down because yeah. it's like every person in there is a potential joe rogan fan especially at the gym especially at the gym but so he's in the airport and some fan of mine who i can't even remember who it was i know it's somebody that i actually know in real life he, he goes up to him and he's on acid and he says to joe rogan he says joe i'm on acid but you need to do a podcast with adam 22 he's the shit yada 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 and just starts telling him about me and then I wake up the next morning, and I first thing I see is a text from this dude telling me about how he was on acid, and he told Joe Rogan about me at the airport. And I'm just looking at my text like, what the fuck? And then I look at Twitter, boom, Joe Rogan follow. Oh. And Joe Rogan DM saying, hey, I met this guy on acid in the airport, and he told me that I should fuck with you. And I was just like, wow, that's amazing, dude. I'm a huge fan. You're, you're one of the main people that made me want to do podcasts in the first place. I really have to thank you for like a lot of the good things that have happened in my mm-hmm. life the past couple of years, yada, yada. Didn't respond to that and um, sent him a couple different things over the years of like, look at this viral moment or look at this conversation I had that I thought you might like. And he doesn't, he's never responded. The, uh, somebody was talking about plug talk on his no, Bert Kreischer was talking. They've about talked about it a couple times on there. A yeah. couple. Well, I only know of one. But they talked about it on. Uh, they did the Protect Your Park shit with the like. I watch uh, a lot of Joe Rogan. So see, I watch a fair amount of it. No, too, yeah, but, but you've been brought up on there a couple times. See, Bert, I, I Bert had no idea. But yeah, I've, I have no idea how you actually get on Joe Rogan. I would gladly. I think go. it's kind of his thing. I don't. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. he has like a fucking. Whatever he's interested in. Yeah. Sometimes I see him do interviews with people that are like really official, and I'm like, oh, that person's. PR team probably line this up with old Joe Rogues, but I'm surprised. Like, uh, has uh, I'm surprised I haven't seen Robert Kennedy on your podcast. Are you trying to stay away from the politics? I think he's a capper. You think so? I listened to a whole interview with him, found him kind of impressive, and then I listened to another podcast that sort of broke down all of his lies. I think he has a very strained relationship with the truth. Mm. And I'm not really interested in a lot of these people that are sort of making careers out of, you know, basically casting suspicion on the vaccine in ways that I don't think make any fucking sense. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really a big fan of that guy. Not a fan. Nah. He might have some good things to say, but I don't really feel like he's being honest with his audience. Do you think, because you're, you're obviously dad had a, a 
big career in politics, right? Um, you grew up. <laughs> a lot of people think that, but uh, well, I mean, obviously, he was close with the Democratic Party. Yeah, a lot of people think I might be in the Illuminati because my dad was an unpaid staffer volunteering to help out Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton was a total fucking nobody. Well, I guess he was the governor of Arkansas, but right, he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, my dad like helped out on his campaign, and uh, my uncle actually got like a role within the Clinton administration and managed to survive into the uh, Bush administration. Um, with the same gig? Kept the same job, basically doing some like diplomatic work with other countries and stuff like that. But yeah, I, uh, my dad had, you know, I, I think my dad like pictured himself having a longer career in politics, but then he ended up catching a Fed case, um, being charged with mail fraud because of some uh, shisty business that he was accused of doing that he still to this day claims that he did not do. But I think that kind of through a stick in the spokes of his political aspirations. Well, I was going to say, you, I mean, I'm, I grew up a Democrat, you know, my family's that way, but it feels like uh, po- politically shit is just kind of, I don't know what's going on no more, bro. On both sides, it's just wild. Like, Yeah, I feel like a man without a home because I don't, you know, I can't vibe with all these fucking social justice warrior lunatics. I can't vibe with like the Trumpers. The, the, the crazy psychotic Trump. The, shit. the GOP even is like a fucking, fucking deranged death cult. Yeah, DeSantis is a wild boy. Like yeah. I'm good on. Yeah, it's just like like you said. Like who? Where's the normal dude at? Like, where's yeah. the middle of the road? Like, guy? There's got to be something that's a little bit more middle of the road. Like you know, I don't really like even Biden. I don't think Biden has like crazy ideas about gender in his head in his ninety thousand year old head. But I do think he has people on his cabinet or like working within his administration that have insane ideas about gender and uh you know it's kind of unfortunate that i have to vote for somebody who is basically being held hostage by a lot of these crazy ass ideas since i I don't think he's personally really invested in it but at the same time could i vote for trump who tried to steal the election couldn't do it no no couldn't vote for trump no i agree for not me i'm hoping this is like a i'm a vote for cornell west the green party Mm. <laughs> oh, I like that. What's his name? The Indian guy, the Republican candidate. He's actually not a crazy person. Kind of like him. I still can't remember how to say his name. Rashashana. Vivek. I'm going to call him Vivek Rashashana. Yeah. That's not. That's not that. But it's something that kind of sounds like that. I listened to like a two-hour podcast with him the other day, and I kept thinking about you. Listen to the All In podcast. Yeah, I actually saw the Robert F. Kennedy podcast on there, and that is what I was referring to. Yeah, he. Uh, did a really good job on that episode. So that was. I came away from that being like, I'm voting for this guy. Oh, the the Kennedy the, one. Yeah, the RFK. yeah. I, no, I, yeah. yeah. I thought it was pretty good at first, but the Vivifak Rachashana, whose name I can't. I gotta remember. check him out. I've yeah. heard about. I him. thought he had a very good uh, appearance on there. So that was. But I also, man, voting for a Republican, I've, I've never. Crazy. It would be. I've wild never even think. I've never even point. thought about that in my life. Yeah, but it just takes the Democratic Party getting a little bit crazier and the GOP getting a little bit more normal. And I could find myself there. And also, it doesn't feel like it would be that big a deal. Whereas, like, two white guys admitting, like, in, in who exist in hip-hop, admitting that they've considering voting for Republican. I mean, I feel like we would have had a BuzzFeed article about us already if this was taking place, like, I mean, I'm going to be honest, like, ago. I'm not voting for, uh, I mean, the only guy who I've heard is, like, reasonable is the guy you just brought up. Mm. I mean, unfortunately, if it's DeSantis and Trump or one of them two versus Biden, I'm just going to have to vote for Sleepy Joe again. I'm really honestly probably going to vote for Cornell West. I'm just going to surrender my vote to the third party. I do think Biden has done a pretty good job, regardless of his own lack of cognitive Yeah, I mean, look, he seems like he's barely hanging on. 
I feel like the Afghanistan withdrawal was done in an extremely messy and terrible way, and now True. China's there, and it's very unstable. And uh, yeah. I hate the fact that this Ukraine war is becoming. I mean, it, it. I mean, look, it's pushing China and Russia closer together. I think the Ukraine war is a fucking disaster. Yeah, so. but can you imagine how bad it would have been if Trump was the president during it? I don't know. I don't know. He we don't a, know. He right? had a very hard time standing up to Russia. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, give but, it to Sleepy but, Joe. Sleepy Joe has been gangster as fuck. He is not scared of the Russians. I'm waiting for the Hunter Biden podcast run. Whenever he's cleared from whatever plea deal that just fell through. Yeah, it fell through. Isn't that crazy? I just got done listening to a New York Times Daily podcast about the deal. And then I it, find out the deal that they made this podcast about through. him taking did not happen. Yeah. Now where's he, he thought, go? He thought if he took the plea, everything it was included. And the judge was like, nope. Poor Sleepy Joe and his crackhead son. Oh, hey, I'm not going to lie, though. Hunter Biden looked like he was a hell of a hang, bruh. This guy was having sex parties, smoking crack, going 170 miles an hour in the Nevada smoking desert. Smoking crack with strangers. Just a wild boy. Leaving your laptop at the... at the Like a very <laughs> reckless, one-of-one one guy. Kind of sounds like a lot of the people I'd be interviewing, yeah. Yeah, like I, yeah, it's like, this guy should be on No Jumper with Crit Mac. Right, like I, I think Hunter Biden and Tay Savage would probably get along. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. Well, look, I appreciate you pulling up. Uh, oh, congrats on, uh, you know, proving everybody wrong, because... The channel's thriving. You're doing well. I like. I love the whack show. We got a long ways to go, but we are going up, up, up to the top. I love. Uh, I love the new host. I love. I mean, I think Brick Baby. I text Brick Baby because I know Brick Baby since he was running around with Kitty. Brick Baby better. He's doing his thing. Uh, BB better. And uh, yeah, what's up with Flacco? He's snitching on this. Uh, this this swiper. Man, I saw he put a post up saying like, if you if you. Got any? If you, essentially, if you want to tell on this guy, DM me. And you know who hit me up is uh, Ugly God. Very upset about Flacco, Ugly God, the rapper, who apparently Ugly God and Punch Made Dev have a relationship. They're friends. Oh, which I had no idea about. And Ugly God hit me up basically saying, "Fuck Flacco." I was like, I thought this was all for content. I didn't think because he's was like, like openly a, advocating, like, "Hit me up." I'm putting like I'm essentially. It, it felt like one of those commercials you're watching in the middle of the right. day for like a, a class action lawsuit. <laughs> well, because okay, so I lived through the TJX six arc, right? And I thought this was the same thing as that because TJX six. I'm gonna be real with you. He was not really like scamming like that like at least once he, he became was like fame. having fans send him money for like a manual and yeah but he did so much fake shit like he had a, a he had a show at a warehouse or whatever and he had like a fake cop come and arrest him it feels like the kind of thing you'd be at i wasn't there but i saw the video it i wish like I the went. kind of thing you would have been at no yeah and I, that was like <laughs> one of the best interviews ever like and i remember as soon as i got in the interview because he said a lot of stuff that like it didn't feel like trolling but it's like it was so absurd that i knew he had to kind of be trolling like he goes I'm like, when are you going to stop scamming? He goes, I'm never going to stop. I'm like, I'm going to do this shit for life. And I'm just thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, this isn't real. Like, yeah. this is just a dude like saying shit to, to go say. viral. Yeah. And then as soon as we get done the interview, he goes over to his manager and he's just like, ah, that shit go crazy. Like, this shit going to be OD. And I'm just realizing in my head, like, ah, ah. I just got played. But I don't even care because it was great content. So, like, I assume when I see, like, Punch Made Dev, his video got taken down by the feds and they're investigating him, I just assume that it's probably cap. It's probably marketing, right? Right. But maybe it's not. Maybe he's the real deal. I don't know. So, for you, like, do you, do you pull Flacco to call him? Like, hey, what's going on, bro? Are we, are we like, are you, like, snitching on this guy? Because obviously he's under your roof. 
actually punch made dev tapped in with me again about doing the interview like we had already talked about it and then we talked about it and, and then like stop he stopped responding for a couple of days right. and then Flacco went on this campaign against him and then he tapped in with me again like about doing it so perhaps Flacco being an asshole or you know, a good citizen, depending on how you want to look at it. Perhaps that is what's going to actually make the interview happen. I don't know. So that interview might be, would you have Flacco sit in on the interview? That'd probably be dangerous. Potentially. Could probably have to have dangerous. security in the room. Definitely have to have security. Yeah, your, your security at your building is you like that? fucking crazy. Tony's been in a few shootouts, too, so I know that he's not scared to do it when it comes down like, to it. Like, yo, yo, you got to sign this. You got to, yeah, let me share. It's like, I'm getting wanded. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I took him to the hood with Swifty Blue the other day. Swifty's a good guy. Yeah, but I, I could tell that he was maybe a oh, little bit. Oh, you took your, your security guard with you? Yeah, but I, I could tell he was maybe a little bit, like, worried about the fact that we were just, like, pulling into random cul-de-sacs. Well, you've done some pretty crazy, like, uh, hood vlogs. I know. I wish I had, like, done more of that back in the day, because I remember I did the... Uh, Stupid young Long Beach one that was titled Inside, that was, and that was huge. Like twelve million views inside the Asian Crip gangs of of Long Beach or some shit. Yeah, went crazy. But I was also just like, oh, that was that was cool. But I, I wasn't like, oh, I got to do it again. Whereas now, when I think about it, I'm you like, went to Watts, you went to O Block. Yeah, I mean, you went to O Block relatively recently. That was like a year ago or something. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. No, yeah, which seemed to be kind of shaky uh, thing to do as a man with a child and a wife. Me. Like, let me go hang out in O Block just for the content. I had a bunch of security as a result of the fact that I was with uh, 100K track. Mm-hmm. So it really felt like nothing was going to happen. But I tried to bring my own security guard and he just didn't show up. So that was the end of that. Oh, um, he got fired? Yeah. But, you know, you live and learn. Do you move around with security on a daily basis? It's like if you're going to Whole Foods. In the words of Action Bronson, why the fuck would I need a bodyguard? If you are the bodyguard. When I look just like the motherfucking bodyguard. Yeah. bodyguard. Shout out to Bam Bam. There it is. Adam22, ladies and gentlemen. Go support his wife's endeavors on her OnlyFans. Thank you. That means a lot. Go subscribe to Plug Talk. Onlyplugtalk.com. Um, and then, uh, you know, obviously go watch No Jumper, man. Appreciate that. And uh, did we talk? You, you might have some new shit coming soon. Uh, oh, we announced that today. The store? Oh, that? But then, okay, the thing we announced today is we're doing a Plug Talk live stream. Two, only fans. Two live streams. Yeah. Only fans in one room, YouTube, podcast in the other room. Yeah. So, How many dudes are going to be a part of the stream? We have me, and then we have like three or four other guys. That are I'm going to advocate for them not busting nuts too early in it so that we can like preserve their dicks any civilians or straight porn guys uh just just porn guys for now yeah. we're still like kind of like okay like how long is this gonna last what's it gonna be like like will a girl with nut on her face from the only stream come over and sit on the youtube stream possibly with dna that exposed. is one thing that we've been talking about is that we're going to have one employee who is basically positioned at the door to make sure that there's no like dudes going on with like their boner poking up out of their right. jeans you gotta, or, yeah because you don't want to fuck the youtube up yeah i think jizz on the face would probably be bad news. it's a flag yeah would you would you ever bring house phone back on to, uh, to the channel regularly, or would you? He's like to- someone that I would be down to, you know, have co-host on some podcasts and stuff. Because, like, me and Housephone, like, when we've talked in recent memory, it's like, what do we talk about? We, talk, we the last time we like kind of reconnected, it was talking about Punch Made Dev because me and him both 
the very beginning of our friendship was just us being really interested in all these underground rappers and him just sending me links and me sending him links and stuff like that so you know i feel like me and him on camera doors open probably a lot more likely than probably anybody else right for sure well i appreciate you pulling up man adam 22 boom my god appreciate you man yes sir Hey, this interview is brought to you by our good folks at Hardeen, all right? Shout out to the Hardeen family in Las Vegas. Make sure you follow them, Hardeen underscore Las Vegas, the number one dispensary, period, all right? The craziest selection of premium cannabis you can ask for. Plus, when you go to HardeenLasVegas.com, you can check out all the other cool stuff they got going on. You know, they got a whole weed university happening in Vegas. Hardeen is where it's at, all right? So if you're in Las Vegas, you get into that taxi cab, you say, take me to Hardeen. And when you get there, you tell the wonderful bud tenders that I sent you and they're going to take care of you. Hardeen underscore Las Vegas. Go follow them. And uh, yeah, we got another interview coming soon. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The wait is over. The Shy returns May 10th on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.